Amen. I just want to invite you to bow your heads uh, together uh, with me. And uh, we're going to open uh, the Bible. We're going to open God's Word together in just a moment. And so let's pray that uh, that God would uh, speak to us through His Word. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we come to you by your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray right now that as your Word is opened and that as verses from the Bible are read, God, that people would not merely hear my voice, but that they would hear your voice, Lord. The the voice of a man has no power to transform a life. The voice of a man has no power to comfort those who are hurting, to put back together those who are broken, Lord, to humble those who are filled with pride. But Lord, your voice has the power to do all of that. And so God, we pray that you would speak. And Lord, we pray that you would open our, our ears, our minds, Lord, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our souls to receive what you have to say to us, Lord. I pray especially for those who are here today, Lord, who are skeptical of, of organized religion or of Christianity, Lord. I pray, God, just for an openness. And Lord, we just want to hear from you. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We can go ahead and open up your Bibles, if you have one, to the first chapter of the Gospel of John. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers are going to come up and down the aisle right now just passing out uh, Bibles. And if you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. Merry Christmas. Here's your uh, first Christmas gift of the, uh, of the year. You're free to take it home uh, with, uh, with you and have your life transformed by uh, its uh, contents. Light in the darkness. Just about every religion in the world has some sort of metaphor or theme or imagery related to light shining through the darkness. And and Christianity um, is no exception. In fact, the the Bible begins, in the very beginning, the book of Genesis, when God begins creating the universe, the first words that he speaks are, let there be light. And so the Bible begins with this message of light piercing through the darkness. And that's at the beginning of the Bible. At the the very end of the Bible, in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, God says, we no longer need the sun or the moon because my presence, the radiance of my glory is so bright that it will light up the whole world and the whole cosmos. And Christmas specifically is a time where we tend to think about lights. We go to the trouble of attaching lights to the trees in our yard or our gutters at the front of our homes or the railings in the front of our apartment buildings. We put lights on our Christmas trees and candles in our windows. We zero in on this theme of light at Christmas. where Where did that come from? Well, the prophet Isaiah, who was living uh, uh, in, in uh, Judah uh, 700 years before Christ walked on the earth, he made a, a promise, a, a prophecy, a prediction about a Savior that was coming. And he said this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, he said, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And then... 
Isaiah goes on to say that unto us a, a child is born and to us a son is given. And so wrapped up in all of the expectation among the Jewish people waiting for their Savior, for their Messiah, was this anticipation of someone who was going to come and be like light shining in the darkness. And some of us are familiar with the Christmas stories. You know, the shepherds, they saw the glory of the Lord shining all around them. There's light again. Or the magi who followed the star, which is a light in a dark sky. But I had you turn to the Gospel of John today. John is one of four biographies written in the New Testament describing the life of Jesus Christ. And Matthew, he was the one who told the story about the Magi, the wise men coming from the east. And Luke, he was the one who told us about the shepherds. But John approaches Christmas from a totally different angle. John is one of these philosophical types. You know when you're like gathered around a campfire and you're singing songs and roasting marshmallows, there's always that one guy who's like, what is fire? You know that kind of guy? John's that kind of guy. And so he doesn't record the story at all. The, the virgin birth or the shepherd or the wise men or the angels. He gets all metaphorical. He gets all philosophical and starts talking about this imagery of light in the darkness. L listen to how he begins John's gospel. John chapter 1, he begins with the phrase, in the beginning. So already he's hearkening back to the very beginning of the Bible. Even if you've never read the Bible, most of us know the first few lines. It begins with, in the beginning. Genesis means beginning. And so he's, he's speaking as though there's a new beginning, there's a new creation that's about to happen. And then look down at verse 5. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Normally I wouldn't advise that you skip over verses in the Bible, but I'm trying to make a point here. He says in the beginning, now he's talking about light shining in the darkness, this idea of a new creation. Then look at verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's how John described Christmas. Light coming into the world. Turn over to John chapter 3 and find verse 19. John chapter 3 and verse 19, it says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Then turn to John chapter 8. This theme of light and darkness wasn't just a Christmas thing for, for John. It, it, it really pervades his whole description of Jesus' life. Jesus himself in John 8, 12, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then turn with me to John 12, 46. And we're going to camp out here on, on this verse for um, for the duration of our time together, John 12, 46, Jesus said, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. A lot of us have different opinions about what's the meaning of Christmas. When Jesus gives us the, a description of, of his coming, he says, I have come into the world as Light. This is how he describes Christmas. This is how he came into the world. He came into the world as light for a purpose so that whoever would believe in him would no longer remain in darkness. So this idea of light in darkness is so wrapped up in the, in the Christmas story. It's so wrapped up in Christianity itself. In fact, 
The very day of December 25th, I mean, where did that come from? It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible the specific day on the calendar when Jesus was born. But as the good news about who Jesus is and what he did for us, as it spread from from Palestine, as as it spread from Jerusalem into the surrounding areas and begin to, people started becoming Christians all over the Roman Empire and up into Europe as Christian leaders saw people turning from other religions and worshiping the trees and the sun and the moon and starting to worship Jesus. They, they began to make some decisions about how they can help people Understand who Jesus is as superior to all of the other gods or all of the other religions. And so at the time of the winter solstice, which we just had a couple of days ago, December 21st, 22nd, thereabout. That's the shortest day of the year, the longest night. And back then, I mean, there were no telescopes or satellites back then. They didn't even understand heliocentrism, that the, that, that the earth was orbiting around the sun. But they were watching where the sun appeared in the sky. And they knew how long each day was. And they knew that the, this winter solstice was, it was the beginning of the end of winter. Amen? Amen. And so they celebrated the beginning of the end of winter. And they didn't know any better. They worshipped the sun. And, and they worship the idea, okay, light is coming, and spring will come, and summer will come, and they had these festivals. Well, as missionaries went out, and as Christian leaders were, were, were helping these people follow Jesus Christ, they decided, well, let's take this winter solstice festival, where they celebrate physical light and darkness, and let's talk to them about spiritual light and darkness, and let's totally turn the tables on this festival and make it all about Jesus Christ. And that's why we, that's why we celebrate Christmas on December the 25th. And if we're going to understand Christmas, if we're going to truly understand light in Uh, the darkness. I want to make three observations from this passage. If we're going to allow Jesus to clearly articulate the meaning of Christmas, if we're going to let him speak with his own words about the purpose of his coming, we're going to have to listen carefully to what he has to say. The first thing that I want us to gather from this passage is the darkness of the world. The darkness of the world. If you'd allow me, I'd like to to take a look at John uh, chapter 12, verse 46, and, and begin at the end. The, the, the last clause in that sentence says that he may not remain in darkness. May not remain in darkness. Now some people have this sentimental approach to uh, the Christmas celebration. That it's all just smiles and happiness and joy and goodwill to men. As if in order to celebrate Christmas, you just need to somehow unplug from everything that's happening around the world. Listen, Jesus was a realist. Jesus was not out of touch with what was happening in his day. The evil and the atrocities and the tragedy. And he's not out of touch with what's happening in our day. First and foremost, if we are going to acknowledge the true meaning of Christmas as light shining in the darkness, we have to come to grips with the fact that we live in a desperately dark world. And so there's no escapism. There's no pretending like everything is okay. We acknowledge, as Christians, we acknowledge that this world 
is dark. Jesus says that that he came so that people would not remain in darkness. You can't remain in a place unless you're already there. And what he's saying is that all of us find ourselves in darkness. And this darkness plays itself out in, in really two ways. Darkness plays its way out in terms of confusion and in terms of corruption. Darkness, as a a metaphor, almost universally, is associated with being confused or being uh, corrupted. Let let me show you what I mean about about confusion. Kaylin, can you come up here for a second and just bring your car keys with you if if you want? I I want an early Christmas present. That would be really great. Thanks a lot. Is this the orange one? I like that. It's not the orange one? Okay, I'll take it anyway. But here, this is what I want you to do. So, do Kaylin, stay, stay right here. I want you to be able to find your keys. Can everyone see me right now? Everyone, eyes on me, hands up, ready to go. I'm going to toss the keys somewhere in this direction, and let's kill the lights. Now, Kaylin, go find your keys. Now, see, this is an example. Now, you're just going to give up before you start. So, let's get the lights on. Give the poor guy his keys. Now, we are... We are living in a world, you see, the keys, that's the way for him to get home. That's that's the thing he's trying to get to in order to get to the place where he wants to be. And we are living in a world where we are trying to find our way home. We're trying to find the thing that's going to get us to where we want to be. And yet we are groping through the darkness trying to find it, aren't we? We think that the thing that that we need in order to, 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 to get where we want to be is more money. Or we think that it's to have that right relationship. Or we think that it's to change something about ourselves. And loved ones, we live in a world of mass confusion. Everyone's scrambling this way and that way, trying to find the thing that will take them to the place where they want to be. And yet we are in darkness. I mean, just, just look at our world today. It's like we're making it up as we go along. We are so confused. First and foremost, we're confused about what is true and what is not true. And we're confused about our identity and who we are. And what does it mean to be human? And then we're confused about what is the purpose and the meaning of life. We're, we're in the dark about these things. That's a phrase we use in everyday language, isn't it? Well, I don't know, I'm in the dark on that. We're confused, we're ignorant, we don't understand. And Jesus, when he talks about the world being in darkness, he talks about the world being in confusion, but it goes deeper than that. That the world is corrupt. Again, we're not, we're not, we're not sitting with our heads in our sands, in, in, in the sand as Christians, pretending that there isn't chaos all, of around, all around us. There is evil, there is deception in our world. And darkness is almost universally associated with the practice of evil. I mean, this even, this even affects our daily behavior. There was a, there was a, a group of, of clinical psychologists at the University of Toronto who were conducting a, a study with volunteers. And they put one group of volunteers into a well-lit room and envelopes filled with money. And they were supposed to distribute the money to the people evenly. They took another group of volunteers in a room that was very dark, hardly any light, and they were given envelopes filled with cash and were supposed to distribute the money evenly. In the lit room, and that's not what I'm talking about when I say the lit room, (laughs) everyone got the equal amount every time. 
But in the dark room, there was some shady business happening. Do you know what I'm saying? The very environment, the very absence of light and presence of darkness caused the evil and the corruption inside those everyday normal people to bubble up to the surface. Darkness, when Jesus says the world is in darkness and he doesn't want us to remain in darkness, he's talking about our corruption. Our corruption as a society, our corruption, loved ones, as individuals. It's one thing to talk about the world and how messed up society is, but we all need to take a look in the mirror and see that confusion and corruption, that that's on us as well. That we're part of the problem. So if we're going to truly understand what Jesus had to say about why he came to the world, about the meaning of Christmas, we need to understand the darkness of the world. Then we also need to understand the dawning of the light. The dawning of the light. So we started at the end of the verse. Now I want you to go to the beginning where Jesus says, I have come into the world as light. Notice where the light is coming from. It came from somewhere outside of the world. The light came from somewhere outside of the world. The light came from somewhere outside of you and me. And this is very, very important for us to understand. Because we have been told all the way from preschool, and we've been told it from Disney, we've been told it from Oprah Winfrey, we've been told it from our school guidance counselor, we've been told it from our college and university professors, we've been told it on the talk shows, on the radio and the TV, we've been told the same message over and over again, it's on repeat, and the message is this, the light is inside of you. But Jesus tells a very different story. We live in the self-esteem generation. We live in the, in the generation that is just continually pumping people's tires. We live in the participation trophy generation, which has now gone to a whole other level, not just a participation trophy. Every child on my son's soccer team got a most valuable player trophy. We are, the, we are the, the generation that has been pumped, filled with the message of self-esteem and that the light is inside of us. And yet we are the generation that is the most oppressed and the most despairing in the history of humankind. There needs to be a correlation between those two things. Because, loved ones, the light is not inside of us. And the reason why so many of us are filled with anxiety, the reason why so many of us are filled with, with worry, the reason why so many of us are, are, are in despair is because we're trying to do what the world is telling us to do, to look inside of us to find the light. And what do we find? We find darkness. We find, we find confusion and we find corruption. I mean, we're told to just follow our hearts and, and just do and follow through on our own desires. We're told, don't listen to anyone else. Well, we're not supposed to listen to anyone else apart from the person who's telling us not to listen to anyone else. And we're told to be true to ourselves, but the question is, it's dark in there. It's confusing. What self am I supposed to listen to? I go to the mall. There's a self that tells me, you know what, I should put some change in the kettle for the Salvation Army for poor people. 
But then I get into my car and I want to flip the bird at the person that took my parking spot. Myself on the inside, the desire is coming from the inside to tell me to do the good thing and to tell me to do the bad thing. How am I supposed to tell which one is good or which is bad if all I'm supposed to do is listen to my internal desires? And yet we are told that we're supposed to look inside. There's, but there's confusion. There's darkness. And, and just like the world around us, there's not just confusion. There's corruption. But when we look inside, there's, there's the shame of things that we've done. There, there's a wake behind us of people that we've hurt. There's echoing through our minds, things that have come out of our mouths that we never should have said. There are thoughts that, that we just seem, can't seem to shake that are just evil and wicked. And they're coming from inside of us. That's not light. And how are we supposed to Find our way when we're being told to look in a place that is equally as dark as the world around us. No, no, Jesus, Jesus paints a very different picture here. He says, I have come as light. Light is not something that's on the inside that we need to light, let out. No, light comes from the outside and then transforms us from the inside out. Jesus has come as a light to shine in the darkness. So that we're no longer confused about who I am or what the purpose of life is or what is the meaning. Jesus brings clarity about all of those things. I'm not my job. I'm not my friends. I'm not my popularity. I'm not my success. I'm not my appearance. I am a child of God created in his image. This is who I am. There's no longer any confusion along those lines. And Jesus has also made a way to deal with the corruption, to deal with that shame, to deal with that guilt that all of us feel for all of the evil that we've done. He dealt with it through the cross. When he suffered and died for our sin, when he took the responsibility, when he took the punishment that all of us deserve for our sin. So that for, for, for our confusion, he brings clarity. And for our corruption, he brings cleansing. The invitation of forgiveness because he bore our sins on the cross. So loved ones, we need to pay attention to the darkness of the world and not pretend. We need to pay attention to the dawning of the light. And then thirdly, we must pay attention to the decision to believe. I started at the end of the verse, this idea of darkness, and then skipped to the beginning of the verse, Jesus as the light. But right in the middle, there's this hinge. The way that Jesus lays out how to move from being in darkness to walking in his glorious light. Let's look at the whole verse together and see how it all fits. Jesus says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus came as light so that whoever believes in him. It's believing in him. That is a decision that all of us have to make. You know, believe just as a, state, just as a statement, that's sort of like a marketing mantra in our world today. 
Our, our neighbors, part of their Christmas display with their Christmas lights, it's just that one word, that, that statement, believe. But believe in what? I mean, it's, it's Christmas time, you know, believe in Santa, but believe in the Christmas spirit. And some people would say that it, it really doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you believe it sincerely. All religions and all philosophies, ultimately, they're all the same. All that matters is that you believe. Really? It's all the same? You believe in unicorns. Does that count? Is, is, is it really just all about believing? No, no. Jesus makes a pretty audacious claim here. He says, believe in me. You see, this is really unique in terms of other religions and other philosophies. You see, other religions say things like, I will show you the way. But Jesus comes along and says, I am the way. Jesus didn't say, I will show you what you should believe. No, Jesus says, I am the one that you should believe in. That's very different from every other religion in the world. It's inescapable. Either Jesus is, is incredibly self-inflated and conceited or terribly deceived or he's telling the truth. Those are the only options in front of us. He says, believe in me, not believe in yourself like the world says. He says, believe in me. He says that he is the one who can take us from darkness to light. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas season to think deeply about when you drive home and you see Christmas lights, when you go into your living room and see the Christmas tree all lit up, when you see candles in a display, to, to really think about this idea of light shining in the darkness. You know, the amazing thing about light is it exposes things. And some of you right now are uncomfortable with the light because there are some things in the dark that you're hiding. You know, kids, if, if your room is an absolute disaster, if it's super messy, and your mom or your dad has told you, you know, make sure that room is clean three or four times, I'm coming upstairs, make sure, and you just keep ignoring them, and then all of a sudden you hear their steps coming up and you're looking around and there's a sock hanging from the ceiling fan and your Legos everywhere and your bed is upside down and in a last desperation move, what do you do? You lunge for the light switch <laughs> and hope that if the lights are off, they're not going to see the mess. That's what, that's what we do in our lives. We're on this perpetual blind date. We are full-time used car salesmen. We are always trying to put our best foot forward and impress other people and pay no attention to the thing behind me here. Let's just keep that in the dark. And Jesus says, no, 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 you got it. I am the light. If you're going to come to me, some things are going to be exposed. Those things that you've been hiding, those, those habits, those behaviors, those patterns of thinking, those things in your past that you, you think you've dealt with but you've just kind of left in the darkness. Jesus says, you know what, I'm going to shine the light on those things. I don't want you to remain in darkness. 
Some of you are, are thinking, you know what, I would, I would, love, I would love to do that, but you're, but you're scared. You're scared to believe in Jesus. You're, you're scared to put your trust in him. You're, st- you're scared to step out into the light because you're afraid of the ramifications of what's being hidden in the dark. And that's because you simply become accustomed to the darkness. You know it's not ideal. You know the world is broken. You know you yourself, your life is messed up. But you've managed to somehow function in the midst of the dysfunction. And you're afraid that if you were to truly come clean before God and and walk rightly, that that the exposure, the the sudden infiltration, invasion of illumination of light into your life, you're afraid of what that will mean. i got to tell you that in the midst of that light, there is love. And that a relationship with Jesus Christ fulfills two of the most deepest desires in every human heart. The desire to be loved and the desire to be known. If you are in this room right now and there are people in your life who love you and who know everything about you, I mean everything about you. If you have people in your life that know you and that love you, that is a very special thing. That is a sacred thing and should never be taken lightly. Many people go through their entire lives longing for that. But loved ones, there is a God who has sent his light into the darkness and he knows more than that person knows about you. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. And yet he loves you. And you might think coming in, stepping into the light and out of the darkness is a scary thing because you've become comfortable in the dark. It's time to come to the light and to experience what it means once and for all to be known and to be loved. To recognize the darkness in this world, the dawning of the light, and to make the decision, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God who came to this earth. I believe that you suffered and died on the cross for my sin. And whether you're here today to support a friend or family member or co-worker who is a Christian and you're thinking about these truths or whether you're someone who is a Christian, listen, we're, we're told as Christians ourselves we shouldn't assume that we are walking in the light. First John chapter 1 tells us that a Christian can be walking in the darkness even though they claim to be in the light. And so this is not just a message for someone who's seeking or trying to learn about Christianity. This is a message for all of us to come to the light. And so I want to lead us in a time of prayer. And again, I just invite you just to be still in this moment, to bow your head, to close your eyes, do whatever it would take to allow you to focus right now. And I'm just going to pray a prayer from my heart, and I'd invite you, if this prayer expresses what's going on in your heart and mind, then I invite you just to echo it to yourself quietly. And, and use this opportunity to come to the light. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. 
And God, we recognize that we do live in a dark world and that we are part of that darkness. We look inside ourselves, we see confusion, we see corruption. We want to confess to you things that we've said that we never should have said. We want to confess to you that there are people that we have hurt, there are lies that we have told, there are evil deeds that we have done, there are wicked thoughts that we have allowed to entertain in our minds. We want to come clean. We want to bring all of those things into the light. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you died so that I could be cleansed from my corruption, so that I could have clarity for my confusion. And I commit right now to stepping into the light and allowing you to transform me from the inside out. And God, I want to pray for all of the people who have made that choice, Lord, who have made that decision right now. I pray that you would fill them with that sense that they are known and that they are loved. That the light has been shining on them to expose their sin, but also to shine on them to show your magnificent love, Lord. And so God, I pray that you would comfort each one here. Lord, I pray that as we draw near to you, that you would fulfill the promise from your word, that you would draw near to us, God. God, I thank you that we can know that when we step into your light, we are stepping into your love. So draw us close to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.